Welcome to this week's episode of The Weekly. My name is Trevor. I'm one of the pastors at the Church of Grace Station and your host. The Weekly is a 20-minute or so podcast devoted to books, current events, and issues relevant to the life of our church. Now this week, uh, I get to interview Aaron Markham. Aaron is beginning with us on Sunday, September 15th as our Discipleship Director. And we're going to continue a little series that we've entitled The New Guys, where we've been highlighting some of the new folks and new faces that you've seen around. Uh, We're really excited about Aaron. We're really thankful to the Lord for bringing Aaron our way. Uh, Listen to this episode and you can find out a little bit more about what he's been up to the past couple of years and hear a little bit more about his story. Hope you're encouraged and I hope that you are eager to buy him Culver's. You'll see why in this episode. All right, I'm sitting here with Aaron Markham. Aaron D. Markham, is that right? Aaron D. Markham. What's Aaron the D stand for? Douglas Markham. It's my dad's uh, middle name. Two S's, so it's a little different. Ooh, like Frederick Douglas. Doesn't he have two S's? I actually don't know, but yeah. Douglas with two S's. Nice. So, uh, Aaron, tell us, what is your role at TCGS? You're, you're one of our new guys hopping on board beginning this Sunday, September 15th is your first day. Yep. So what's your title and what will you be doing? So my title is uh, Discipleship Director. I will uh, be working in the in the realm of discipleship, so working with uh, community groups, working with uh, membership, working with guests, uh, working with our equipped classes. Um, so anything around the realm of us growing in our love for Jesus, uh, that's, that's where I'll be working. So super excited uh, to get started this Sunday. Uh, my wife and I, my wife is Casey, and we are just uh, stoked to be at, at Greer. Yeah, dude, we're, we're super excited about having you guys. Uh, let me ask you this. Here's your surprise question. Yes. I've been uh, a little afraid Filled of this with over, the, over the last few weeks of what was <laughs> going to be my surprise question. No, it's, it's pretty easy. It's a softball. Uh, what's one thing that you were really excited to get back to in the States? One thing that hmm. you were just really, really excited to get back to? Hmm. A food, a uh, a sporting event on TV, hmm. a place. That's good. Probably, probably I'll, I'll share two things. So the most exciting thing, which is going to sound kind of lame for both my wife and I, is to get back to normal traffic patterns. Uh, <laughs> okay. Traffic in Nairobi is a little crazy. Yeah. So being able to drive and not have tons of people walking in front of you, motorbikes all around you. Um, I was hit twice in Nairobi, both by once by bus, one by once by a motorbike, and everybody's just okay, weaving in. Okay, and out. wait, wait. Tell that. Tell those stories. Um, How, you were hit by a bus in Nairobi. Yes. So the first one, thankfully, I have this. the The car we drove was kind of a larger car for the purpose of kind of being able to handle all traffic, all terrain. Um, I have a large bull bar on the front and. Just these buses, they're called Matatus, and so that's how everyone gets around that, that doesn't have a vehicle, which is most people. Um, they drive off the road, they drive, they make up lanes wherever they can drive in the dirt, on the side of the road, wherever they can go, they're gonna go. And so a guy just was on the side of the road, passed me, and then um, cut me off, and then just skimmed my bull bar, and then he just kept driving, and then I just kept driving. It's too much of a hassle to figure out uh, getting out of the car and figuring anything. Um, actually, our worst day probably in Nairobi was when we got hit by the motorbike. Um, we ended up getting surrounded by kind of a mob of probably 30 or 40 people um, saying that we had we had hit the motorbike, even though the motorbike had hit us. And um, 
that was probably even just thinking about it, my heart gets racing a little bit. So well, um, I'll be sure my wife doesn't listen to this first part of this podcast because I know it'll bring her a little anxiety as well. So we were followed. We, we started, we just, uh, we wanted the police to almost not come because they, they create more difficulty, but we just had ended up driving off and we were followed for a little bit. But um, so normal traffic patterns is, is very nice. I'll, I'll be okay if I get pulled over by a policeman. It'll be very calm. Um, I'm okay <laughs> driving 30 minutes and it's, it's no big deal. Pretty much any time we left, we were, uh, we were driving uh, probably an hour anywhere we went. So that was the first thing. Um, second thing, my wife and I, this is going to be kind of a, uh, a lesser, maybe we're less of, of Christians, but I think we prefer Zaxby's uh, chicken to Chick-fil-A. So we, uh, the first place we went when we got back was Zaxby's. Dude, what, what's your what's your go-to Zaxby's meal? Um, I think the the Big Zax snack is probably my go-to. Uh, I think that day we actually both had a salad because Casey, due to some um, sickness that she got, some parasites and bacteria in Kenya, we no longer ate raw vegetables. So she was super stoked to get a salad. So we had a salad, cob salad from Zaxby's. Nice. You can't get wrong with the Big Zax snack. You no. know that's the uh, the nickname we have for Zach Gilliam is the Big Zax snack. Really. Yeah, I'll start so, calling him that. Yeah, and for listening to this, you most certainly have permission to refer to him as the Big Zach. I think snack. I might be eating dinner with him tonight, so perfect. Um, I'll call him the Big Zach snack. Perfect. So tell us, leading up to your time in Nairobi, tell us a little bit about your background. Where are you from? How did you become a Christian? How did you and Casey meet? Those sorts of things. Yeah, so I grew up in uh, Columbia, South Carolina, uh, born and raised. My dad was um, in the Army, and so he was stationed at Fort Jackson in Columbia. The day I was born is the day he decided to get out of the army um, because he had friends that were in uh, Desert Storm. So hmm. he got out of the army. My mom was uh, teaching at the the high school that I ended up eventually going to. And so my dad was a doctor. My mom was a, a teacher, um, had one, one sister uh, that lives in Nashville now. She's seven and a half years older uh, than me. We, um, yeah, lived in Columbia until I was 18 and then uh, went off to, to Furman um, for, for four years and loved being up here in Greenville. And that was actually where I became uh, a Christian. So really have a, um, a big heart and passion for, for college students. Hmm. And um, it's where the Lord, the Lord saved me. Um, can I tell a little bit about that? Would yeah, absolutely, right? please. Um, so yeah, I went high school was a time that was kind of living for the world. Uh, I would have said I was a Christian growing up. Uh, I grew up in a in a Methodist household, so we went to a Methodist church um, in Columbia. My whole life, that was where my parents had met. So I was, um, you know, sprinkled as a as a child and went through confirmation and all those things. So would have said I was a Christian, but then went off to Furman and kind of all of my idols were torn away. So I, I usually uh, would describe my testimony as. I had kind of three big idols of girls, grades, and, and sports. So um, my relationships uh, with girls were very important. My Me getting uh, the best grades possible were, were, was very important to me. And then I played three sports in, in high school. So then when I went off to college, kind of all that was taken away. My, my grades were lower. My relationship um, actually with my wife now, uh, Casey, was, was really um, not, not great. It's probably the best way to describe it. And no longer playing sports, so I just kind of didn't have anything to, to hold on to. And so hmm. the Lord brought me to a kind of a low place. And for some reason, I, I, I stayed around um, BCM a little bit that first semester. I stayed around FCA. 
Um, I got to know Matt Rogers over um, now at the church at Cherrydale a little bit that first semester. I don't think I went to church one Sunday, probably that whole first semester. Um, and then second semester, this is 2010, uh, my, my freshman year, went to New Spring Church, got invited by a few uh, close friends. And um, yeah, it was, it was just a different service, a different type of, of preaching than I had experienced, a different level of excitement about Jesus. Hmm. And so actually that day, that's January 24th, uh, 2010, walked forward to receive Christ um, as Lord and Savior. But I, I don't actually think I became a Christian that day. It's kind of an interesting journey. I think kind of all of 2010 is this journey of me figuring out, reading the Bible for the first time, wrestling through my sin, um, trying to love Jesus, starting to memorize scripture, being with other guys, trying to study the Bible. So it's kind of, I think that day is more of a day where God said, hey, I'm here and I'm getting your attention for the first, for the first time kind of clearly. And I'm going to have you start kind of pursuing me and desiring these things. Um, but then kind of throughout 2010 was, was growing, repentance, faith, trying to trust in Jesus. And then November 2010, I remember asking, sitting with a guy from Camps Outreach, it was a ministry at Furman, and I, we were reading Romans 1, and I said, uh, we read Paul saying, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. And so I asked this guy named Sam, what is the gospel? I said, which gospel is Paul referring to? Is he referring to Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John hmm. when he says the gospel? Hmm. And so then that kind of proceeded about three or four weeks of, of walking through another. He's not saying Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. He's saying um, by, by grace through faith, you can turn to Christ and, and be redeemed. And so sometime November or December uh, 2010 was, was when the Lord saved me. I don't really have an exact date. I have that date from January when the Lord kind of got my attention. But I think I didn't have a clear understanding of the gospel at the time. Um, so 2010 was just kind of a big year. So that was kind of my freshman and my sophomore year at, yeah. at Furman. Yeah, praise the Lord for that. <clears throat> Excuse me, praise the Lord for that. Um, what did you study at, at Furman? So I studied math at okay. Furman, mathematics, pure pure math. I knew from the time I was uh, probably in middle school that I would major in, in math in college. Um, my big desire was to, to teach math and coach sports, either have that be at the high school level or um, pursue a PhD in, in math. So I took a lot of math classes, um, did a lot of calculus and a lot of algebra and a lot of different things. and. <laughs> In college, so I'm just I'm glad there are people like you in the world for the rest of us. Yes, so I um, enjoyed it, but uh, the Lord the Lord took me down a different path eventually. Yeah. So tell me about that. When at what point did you um, begin to, to realize that ministry was was in the cards for you, as opposed to pursuing yeah. further education in math? So I think when the when the Lord saved me, it was just radically. All my desires started to change. I despised reading um, I'm not even sure I read maybe a full book in all of high school like definitely did some spark notes definitely did some ask my neighbor what that book was about my mom was a high school English teacher at my high school so I nice. did not do her very well nice. um, but I started to enjoy reading because I was like oh I need to read the Bible okay I'm gonna read the Bible more I started to read different books um, like John Piper's Don't Waste Your Life and um, just certain books that I was reading through, and I was like, man, I'm, I'm loving learning about who God is and who Jesus is and what the Bible's all about and what is truth. And um, So then my, my junior year, I was taking uh, three math classes and then being a teacher's assistant for a, for a math class, and those were back-to-back-to-back-to-back classes. And I enjoyed it. I loved it. But it was four straight hours of just thinking about math, and I was like, I don't know if I want to do this for the rest hmm. of my life. I'm good at it. Hmm. 
I enjoy it, but I'm enjoying building relationships more. I'm enjoying studying the Bible more. I'm enjoying growing more. So spring break, my uh, junior year, I went home to my dad. My dad was, I, I said earlier, a doctor, majored in chemistry, kind of got my math background from him. Um, I went and told him, I was like, Dad, I think, we were actually at Zaxby's. Nice. <laughs> I told him, I was like, Dad, I think I may want to pursue some kind of ministry. I don't know what that looks like. I'm not sure what that means. Um, but then what that led to is that summer after junior year, I actually went back to the Methodist church I grew up in and interned there. And it was actually really, really sweet time to, to see, um, especially the, the lead pastor, his name was Wayne Horn, um, go out and really serve people and love people really, really well. And that just kind of ignited my, my passion. I came back and immediately joined Renewal Church my senior year, which then became the church at Cherrydale. Mm-hmm. And, um, which is where we met initially. Which is where we met, yeah. So we would have met. Um, I actually um, claimed that I went to Renewal before I even had ever gone um, because I knew my, my one of my best friends in college, Matt Solomon, uh, was my, my roommate junior year. I had been going to Renewal, so I knew I wanted to, to go there and get plugged in with, with Matt. And um, Dan Carroll was the, the college minister at that time and became a good friend. And so... Yeah, join Renewal, and then that was where we met. And so then that just started a process through the Renewal Leadership Institute. Through took a year off after school before I did seminary. So kind of just processing all that time of, I think I really do want to do ministry, or I want to serve people, or I want to love people well. Um, and we obviously need people who love Jesus in the math realm, professors, teachers, whoever. Um, but my desires really started to to push into I want to I want to study the Bible more. I want to hmm. teach. The Bible. I think my passion is for teaching, so I always thought that was going to be teaching math, and hmm. then it just adjusted to, to teaching, teaching the, the scriptures. Yeah, that's great. So you studied at Southeastern Seminary. Yes, you got your MDiv there. Yep. Um, and the last two years, you and Casey have been in Nairobi, Kenya. That's right. You've been teaching the Bible. Yes, that that is what I've been doing a lot of, and it was super fun. So we went over um, my title actually with TCGS will be discipleship director. My title in Kenya was discipleship coordinator. Nice. So just a little bit different on the on the wording there, but very similar. So it's been my passion for for a long time to teach, to raise up leaders, um, to care for people's souls, to see them love Jesus. So yeah, we moved to Nairobi, Kenya, September first of twenty seventeen. I had just finished my MDiv, um, just finished my time at the church at Cherrydale, and so yeah, we uh, we moved to Nairobi, Kenya, to work with an organization called Care for AIDS. And so we worked with people uh, living with HIV and AIDS through the context of the local church. So when we left, we were working with um, 55 going on 60 local churches in Kenya, Tanzania, and Uganda. Um, and so, yeah, loved. We, we mostly focused in Nairobi, Kenya. And so a lot of my job was getting to essentially go out. Um, we were spread out across Nairobi, so we worked with 22 churches, and I said traffic was terrible. So I would try to kind of hit each of those churches maybe about once a month or once every couple of months and, and spend time with the leaders there, the pastors. Uh, we, had, we had two staff at the, at the church. One was focused more on the health because these people are living with HIV, so their, their health is, can be very bad. Yeah. And then one was focused purely, we called them a spiritual counselor, but pretty much they were focused on sharing the gospel and discipling. Hmm. And so I just got to walk with those guys uh, closely, um, even really missing them now. Um, some really close friends, um, guys my age, guys older than me, guys a little younger than me, getting to pour into them and then pour into me. 
um, was just transformational. And then also got to do some teaching at uh, some local Bible colleges and seminary, the Baptist Seminary. Uh, got to teach a class uh, up there in May. And so just had a lot of fun time teaching the Bible, learning more, loving Jesus more, and trying to pour into people. Man, that's great. And what a great picture of caring for people holistically, hmm. caring for all of people. Yeah, body exactly. And body, body and soul. And that, that was actually our kind of tagline for Care for AIDS is care for AIDS, body and soul. Yeah. So trying to, to care for all aspects. Hmm. Hmm. What would you say were some of the things that you learned over those two years? What would, what would be some big lessons that you guys took away? Yeah, um, I think probably the biggest is just the value of friendships, relationships, and family. Um, Kenyans do an extraordinary job just mm-hmm. caring for people. Hmm. Time is really not the most important. Money is not the most important. Being together is definitely the most important. Hmm. So if you were about to go out and you had your job to do or whatever, but somebody shows up at your door, you're going to invite them in. You're going to sit down. You don't stay standing because if you sit, it's you're welcome here. We're together. We're family. We're going to spend time together. You're going to make them chai, which is uh, tea leaves mixed with milk and sugar and you're just gonna enjoy hanging out together. Even if you had somewhere to go, like a doctor's appointment, a job to do, whatever it is. Um, so the value of, of really community and people first is really transformational. Um, and I hope Casey and I will continue to be able to, yeah. to apply that in, in days and weeks uh, going forward. I think that also we learned a lot about the value of being with people that are different hmm. than us. Mm-hmm. So both Christians and non-Christians. So we interacted with a lot of non-Christians, um, sharing the gospel, engaging with people. But we also interacted with a lot of Christians that are very, very different uh, than us. In, in in really all of Africa and in Kenya especially, there's kind of a bigger charismatic Pentecostal movement. And so some of it maybe goes to definitely unhealthy levels, but also we were really pushed on our understanding of the the Holy Spirit, our reliance upon the Holy Spirit, Hmm. because we were around people that were different Hmm. than us. And they kind of pushed us, they challenged us, we got to push back on them. And it was just healthy discourse, healthy dialogue, healthy uh, learning and and diving deeper into the scriptures. Um, And then probably, I think personally, because we were working with so many local churches, I wasn't able to work particularly with one local church as much. And I think for me, I see how much my heart desires and loves the local church, like one, wherever I'm going to be involved, the local church. So now that'll get to be the church at Guru Station. And I think I see my passions and my desires really being in the local community. So I love training. I love equipping. I love connecting with other churches, other leaders. Hmm. But I think I really, really um, missed getting to dive deep because I had spent maybe about three years at the church at Cherrydale leading the college ministry and just being there week after week, getting to know the same people, investing in the same people. And I got to invest in the same people, but they weren't my covenanted um, group of believers, of brothers and sisters. So yeah. I think I realized I missed that. Yeah. And so now I'm excited to, hmm. to have that. Hmm. Um, so, And then also I think even just the importance of expositional preaching, um, Good, good Bible teaching. What and what just so yeah. What what do I mean by that? So expositional preaching, like um, taking taking a passage of scripture and really trying to walk through verse by verse to understand what the author was meaning, and then really how that applies to us today. So um, I think we've I've I've heard Josh Styles mention. I've heard other people mention um, both in the weeklies and in sermons of 
A passage can't mean what it is never meant. So it had a meaning 2,000 years ago when it was when it was written. So really trying to get at that meaning. In, in Kenya, there's not as much maybe access to resources, to hmm. training. I have so many resources just here on my computer. Um, you have a whole library full of books in your office. That might not be available to everybody to be able to kind of really study, think about what experts have said. Um, so sometimes uh, preaching can be a little bit more topical, a little bit more um, maybe man-centered than maybe uh, Bible-centered or God-centered or Christ-centered. Um, so just the importance of, of walking through the scriptures verse by verse to really understand what the author was, was meaning to uh, trying to articulate, I think is something that's, that's really important. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. Uh, and You know, it's kind of interesting to think about comparing... Um, Western cultures with non-Western cultures. Exactly. Yes. Um, like the the priorities um, that that are very good. You know, the priorities of timeliness and orderliness mm. that kind of characterize the West. Mm-hmm. Whereas in non-Western countries, the priorities of people mm-hmm. and hospitality. Yes. Um, yeah. And 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 learning hospitality from non-Westerners. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think hospitality has been something that. Um, Emily and I have benefited from. We've had very hospitable friends who've been examples to us, and something that we want to characterize our home, and something that we also want to see characterize our church. Mm. So you can bring some of those lessons in and teach us a thing or two, you totally. know, about, about being hospitable and and making time for others and prior, prioritizing others. Totally, as well. And even even a lot of the clients we worked with, I mean, their homes are thirteen by thirteen feet with iron sheets, and it's really hot inside. But they're mm. gonna they're gonna invite you in. They're gonna put out all their best. Um, kind of drapery. They're gonna do their best to have you have a seat, even if it's a a water jug or hmm. a, their bed, um, because of kind of everything's gonna be tight in in one room. And just sit together and enjoy conversation, enjoy laughing together, smiling. Um, that's one thing I'll always remember is just Kenyans don't like to smile in pictures, but they have the most beautiful smiles. Hmm. So just getting to make a, a woman laugh, um, especially when she's just going through so much hard time. She's living on a couple of dollars a day and just being able to laugh and talk about Jesus. And um, so that's something we'll definitely, definitely take away. And um, the hospitality was something huge for us. Yeah, that's great. And the final seconds. Yes. We're, we're, uh, what is our little, time right now? We are, we're nearing 23 minutes yeah. right now. I, I talk a little bit long, so. No, you're good. This is great. This is, this is really great. What would be something you'd say you're really looking forward to in this position, in this stretch with TCGS? Yeah. I think, uh, what I'm looking forward to the most, uh, can be pictured by, I shared with a, a, a close friend of mine the other day, kind of my role with TCGS. And his response was, Oh, so you're going to be doing exactly what you love to do, um, and he he also I think maybe said like what you're good at. Um, I think I have a long way to go in in growing and um, becoming better and better uh, shepherd and and caring for people and a better teacher. But I think I'm going to get to do exactly what hmm. I'm passionate for, what That's I great. care about: um, pastoral care, walking with community group leaders, teaching, um, hearing from people. Uh, holding people accountable, encouraging people, creating also relationships for people to do that with each other. Yeah, um, that's good. I think I love bringing people in to be a friend, friend with me, but then kind of passing them off to to be with other people. So trying to create those relationships. Um, so I think I think my wife and I are really excited to be able to just plug in. Uh, super encouraged by by you, and um, have always appreciated your friendship, your 
humility. I think we met probably yeah, for the first time probably almost seven years ago. And so just getting to walk uh, with you, see how you've grown, and then see where the church at Grace Station has grown, uh, kind of where the Lord has, has taken us. Um, it's really cool to now be able to say us. Yeah. Um, because even for a while now on, on Sunday mornings, I would pray for other churches. Um, so uh, pray for Grace Downtown or pray for Mitchell Road Presbyterian or TCC or TCGS. Um, and so it's really fun to now be like TCGS is, is mine. So I get to, yeah. to claim it and take hold of it and um, carry that responsibility and privilege. That's fantastic. That's so good. All right, listeners, so now you know, <clears throat> you can invite Aaron to lunch. He loves people. He loves big Zack snacks. Yep. He, he would love to eat Zaxby's with you. I will also eat Chick-fil-A with you. I'll really eat pretty much anything, and I actually would love to eat Culver's. That is my favorite. Okay, yeah. And it is in Greer, and I've never had one close to me, so perfect all right so you can take him to lunch to culver's so we appreciate you listening thanks for your time um aaron we're really excited about having you around and listener you can pray for us you can pray for aaron pray for casey as they acclimate back into life in the united states take on this new position um, and pray for our staff as we move forward in making jesus known from greer to the ends of the earth amen all right we'll listen uh we'll, we'll talk to you rather next week thanks for listening